0: Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now, let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, mamas. I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan, and today we're talking about how to leave a healthy financial legacy. I'm a huge believer that words matter, and legacy sure is a big word. It makes us all immediately take stock of who we are, and who we want to be. It feels like such a responsibility, doesn't it? What will we leave behind for our kids and our grandkids? But because words matter, it's important that we define the words that we're using. My definition of legacy might be different from yours. Probably is, since what part of our lives is truly what size fits all. And if we're going to work towards a goal, creating a healthy, wealthy financial legacy, we have to be clear and what that goal entails. So today, I'll share why it's important that we start thinking about our legacy as early as possible and defining what I view as the three main pillars of a healthy and wealthy financial legacy so that you can start to think about what you someday want to leave behind for your loved ones. A quick reminder before we dive in that you can view the full show notes of this episode and download your free financial emergency preparedness checklist at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 82. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Why is it important that we think about our legacy? Why do a whole episode about it? First off, way too many of us hear the words legacy or generational wealth and think things like, well, that sounds great for other people, but it sure as heck doesn't apply to me. What legacy would I possibly leave? And I just want to stop you right there. (laughs) Mama, you are unique and talented and hardworking You will leave an impact on your loved ones and anyone else that you want to impact as long as you define what you want that impact to be and focus your efforts on it. It's important that we start thinking about legacy because too often we leave it until too late. We're old. We're looking back on our lives and trying to see the purpose in it all, wondering what we could have done better, done differently. Exactly because legacy is a big word that gives us big feelings, as we call it with my two-year-old, taking time to reflect on it helps us burrow to the root of who we are and what we want out of life. Legacy feels like a big word because it scares us, but it scares us in the best way. It helps us find that focus. The second part of why we need to talk about it is because we leave a legacy Whether we want to or not, and not all legacies are good, sorry. The actions we take each and every day are building our legacy. The person who passes away without an estate plan, leaving his or her family to a mess of paperwork and legal battles, leaves a legacy of stress and anxiety. The problematic parent leaves lasting impacts on their kids that their kids are saddled with either working through or potentially passing on those issues to their kids. They either have to go back and unravel all that was done to them in childhood, or they could continue the cycle. And you, mama, you stressing about money or saying things like, I'm just terrible with money, or what legacy could I leave, or we can never afford anything fun, that's being picked up by those around you. You're going to leave a legacy. So what will it be? You're the one who gets to decide. While you ponder on that for a moment, let's take a step back. Like I said early on in this episode, we have to define the words we're using. So what is a healthy financial legacy? To me, a healthy financial legacy is one that makes sure your loved ones are taken care of even when you're gone and that they have the tools to leave a healthy financial legacy for their kids and beyond. Let me say that one more time in case you're driving or multitasking. Come back for a second. A healthy financial legacy is one that makes sure your loved ones are taken care of, even when you're gone, and that they have the tools to leave their own healthy financial legacy for their kids and beyond. This type of legacy has three core parts. And before I tell you what they are, let me say this. You can have a healthy financial legacy with only parts one and two, but three is just a bonus. But if you're missing step one or two, your legacy is going to need work. Are you ready to hear what the three parts are the three core parts of a healthy and wealthy legacy are one an organized legacy are your loved ones practically taken care of two a wealthy mindset legacy what money stories and skills are you leaving behind three a monetary legacy have you built generational wealth These three things are important if you want to leave lasting legacy, one that goes beyond just your kids, but to your grandkids and your great-grandkids that changes a story. All three of these pieces are important. So for the rest of this episode, we're going to go through each of these pillars, what they mean and what they include. And I want you to keep coming back to, when you hear that word legacy... What do you feel? What do you want to accomplish? What are those big dreams? And maybe those are things like, hey, I want to be able to help my grandkids pay for college, or hey, I want to be able to help my kids pay for their first homes, building that big monetary generational wealth. So many people, when we start to think about what a financial legacy looks like, they go first to that monetary, to those dollars, to those inheritances. But steps one and two are even more important. We're going to break that down. So set your big dream goal. But as we talk through these pillars, think about how doing steps one and two actually gets you closer to step three. Okay, let's get started. The first pillar, organized legacy. Are your loved ones practically taken care of? When someone passes away, there is, oh my gosh, so much paperwork so many phone calls and photocopies, it's absolutely absurd. But that whole process gets one million times harder if the person who died didn't have an organized legacy. And not only does it get harder, it gets much more expensive. And I'm talking way more expensive, mamas. And that person who passed away is likely to destroy Some of the monetary legacy they created by making their kids or their grandkids pay legal fees or maybe never find assets that they meant to leave them. And all of these complications that mean even if they built up pillar number three, it might not last a disorganized pillar number one. So what does an organized legacy entail? Because obviously this is crucially important, but what do we actually have to do to make it work? An organized legacy makes losing a loved one and managing that loss practically a little bit easier. It's always going to be impossibly hard, but some of the practical sides of it will be a little bit easier with an organized legacy. An organized legacy includes a life insurance policy. If you have minor children or a partner that is dependent on you financially, if your loss of income would negatively impact your family, you need a life insurance policy. For the vast, vast majority of families... A term life insurance policy is all you need. It's the most affordable. You can get coverage when you need it, which tends to be until your kids reach adulthood or till you've paid off a mortgage. You decide kind of what that bar is, but you have life insurance policy to help cover lost income and keep your family stable and safe. If you're a single parent, this is possibly more important because now you are handing over guardianship if you pass away unexpectedly or when your kids are still young, and you want to make sure that that guardian has the money they need to take care of your kids in the way you want them to be taken care of, okay? So having a life insurance policy is really important. We've talked about this many times in the podcast, but remember, remember that your life insurance policy through work is not enough. First of all, it's not enough on a dollar value basis, most likely. Most of those policies through work cover half to two times your income when general advice is that you need 7 to 10 times your income in life insurance, and it's not portable, which means if you lose your job or you leave your job, that life insurance policy doesn't come with you. And so if in that period of time you develop a preexisting condition or an issue that makes you unable to get life insurance or you simply just get older, that life insurance policy is going to become more expensive or you might not be able to get it. So get it now. Make sure you have a life insurance policy and make sure that the beneficiaries, mamas, focus make sure the beneficiaries are updated. If you got a life insurance policy before you got married and you had your parents' name on it, make sure it's updated to your spouse. Beneficiaries, accounts with beneficiaries do not go through probate. They are automatic. So no matter what your will says, and we're going to talk about your will in a second, beneficiaries take priority. So make sure those things are updated. Oh my goodness, the stories I have heard about life insurance policies being left to exes and uh, parents that they no longer talk to. It's a total mess. Have a life insurance policy. Make sure that it's enough life insurance policy to cover the things that you want to cover. We'll link in the show notes a whole article about the things that life insurance can help you cover and make sure the beneficiaries are updated. That's part of an organized legacy. The next part of an organized legacy is having a proper estate plan a will or a trust if you need one, if you have more assets that need to be moved and you're trying to to protect taxes, right? You're trying to make sure that if you're leaving a lot of money to your kids or a lot of assets to your kids, how they are able to access that is somewhat limited. You might wanna trust if you're leaving money for the care of your kids to another person, to another guardian or adult, and you wanna make sure that money gets preserved for your kids and that whoever is taking care of your kids can't just blow their money. Count Olaf style, if anyone remembers the series of unfortunate events, make sure you have a proper estate plan. That's going to name guardians for your kids. It's going to tell your assets where to go, and it's going to make probate easier. Now, if you have a trust, you might not need to go through probate, But you want to make sure that that process is as easy as possible, that people know what assets they're getting, that there's as few loopholes as possible to cause arguments about who gets what, because that is what drags things out and builds up legal costs and destroys some of that monetary legacy we talked about. And it makes it take longer, which may mean that your family, when they need that money, they need that asset that you're leaving them behind They can't access it for months, possibly years, because it's tied up in some probate argument, right? So get a proper will or a trust. If you don't have one, you can get a simple, customized will through Trust and Will starting at like $69. You can do it all online. They will walk you through every step of the process, and they have great support if you don't know what you're filling out. Head to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash trust will to access that. The third part that you need, and this is the one that people forget, when we're having kids and we're talking about, okay, now I have to be an adult and get organized, most people hear about the fact that they need life insurance and they hear about an estate plan. doesn't mean they do anything about it, but they've at least heard about it. The third part, everybody here has heard about this, is having a family emergency binder. A life insurance policy and a will are fantastic. They are crucial. They are non-negotiable, but they don't tell your spouse how to pay the cable bill. They don't tell anybody what the key to the safe in your closet is. They don't tell anybody where all your bank accounts are. And so some of these things that take a little more handholding, how do you do the budget? What things are on auto pay on what credit cards? What's your kid's favorite food that makes them feel safe and comfortable when they're in a tough moment? All of those things should be somewhere so that whoever is taking care of your estate, taking care of your kids, taking care of your partner, has what they need. And so we have a family emergency binder. It's a printable, fillable PDF. You literally just type all this information in, flip through it once a year, check and make sure that nothing needs to be updated. And then there's one place that your loved ones can go when they need to do something. Organizing all these things, like I talked about, this is preserving your legacy. This is preserving what you left behind, the assets that you've built. And it's literally taking care of your loved ones after you're gone. It is making sure that they have the least amount of stress possible, that they have the most space to grieve and to work through what they need to. In a tough moment, somewhere where where you've passed away... Do you want anybody trying to search through your Gmail, finding a statement for an account to see if they can figure out the account number to call the bank to figure out who your beneficiary is? I mean, even just saying that sentence was complicated. No, we don't want that. And so having an estate plan that names that who that gets that account, an emergency binder that tells them how to log in and how to access that account and what the account number is, All of that stuff is crucially important, and that's the first part of a healthy and wealthy legacy. Every family needs an organized legacy, young or old, it's non-negotiable. Now, we're going to talk about the other two crucial pillars for a healthy, wealthy financial legacy, but before we do, let's take a quick pause to hear from our partners who help make the Smart Money Mama show possible. Term life insurance is a crucial part of financial planning for all parents. But the process of getting the coverage you need used to be time-consuming and complicated. And with so many mamas short on time, it's a to-do list item that all too often gets pushed to the back burner, an unfortunate situation for families. Luckily, getting the insurance coverage you need doesn't need to be that way. Today's episode of the Smart Money Mama show is sponsored by online life insurance agency Haven Life. I love Haven Life for so many reasons, but especially because it has an easy application process that you can complete any on any device with an immediate decision on coverage eligibility. Seriously, mamas, this is amazing. The traditional process used to take weeks. With affordable policies, excellent customer service, and protection beyond life insurance with Haven's Haven Life Plus Rider that offers additional benefits to make your life healthier and less hard – you really can't go wrong. Check life insurance off your to-do list by heading to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Haven to get an instant quote from Haven Life today. That's smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Haven. All right, so we're organized. We've got our life insurance. If you don't, head over to Haven Life. We've got our estate plan and our family emergency binder is looking awesome. What comes next? Second pillar? wealthy mindset legacy. What money stories and skills are you leaving behind? When we start to talk about money mindset with anyone in our community, the first thing we talk about is what are your early money stories, right? We've all heard me go through this before, this exercise before of what's your first memory of money and how has it impacted your relationship with money your entire life? When we think about that, we think about where it comes from our parents and it comes from our upbringing and not necessarily things our parents said to us intending to teach us about money. It's not often our parents saying, keep a budget. It's something that happened that we made an assumption about because we heard our parents say it multiple times or the way they said it or the emotion around it when they said it, that we took it as a big deal. Even if to our parents, they probably wouldn't even remember that moment in most cases. And so We know as we start to do that work that our parents had a big impact on us, which means logically we have a big impact on our kids, right? Shocker. So what the part of having a wealthy mindset legacy is have you dealt with your own money history and money stories? Have you done the work? Have you gone back and healed old hurts? Have you figured out what are your money values as a family? How do you talk about money together? What words or phrases do we use and do we definitely not use? And have we built a whole family culture around what money and wealth is, what values are, why money is important to our greater ability to chase self-fulfillment and our passions, right? How do we think about money as a tool instead of as something that holds us back or something that makes people evil or makes them good or bad? How do we build that together? And so sometimes we hear from people whose first question to us is like, I don't want my kids to be as lost with money as I am. Tell me how to teach my kids about money. And time and time again, my first answer is what I just said a minute ago. You got to deal with your own stuff first. The best thing that you can do for your kids in leaving a wealthy mindset legacy is to find your own wealthy mindset, to start believing in yourself, the fact that you are worthy of wealth that you can get a hold of your budget and control your spending in a way that aligns with your values and that gets you what you most want in life, that you are capable of that, that you don't say we can't afford it, but we say we're saving for it or we're prioritizing something else right now. We you change your language, you change your thought patterns. And the other part of that wealthy mindset legacy is are you teaching your kids to go after their dreams and aspirations? And are you leading by example there too? So if your biggest dream is to go spend three months traveling through Europe, COVID, 2020, I get it guys, we're not doing it right now. But if that's your goal and you just talk about it forever and you buy books about traveling in Europe and you do all these things, but your kids watch you never prioritize your money for that trip, never get creative, never actually book it what we're teaching them isn't to actually go after those dreams. It's teaching them to fantasize, and but to believe that those things are for somebody else. And so step one, these, this, this whole pillar is all about you. And then a little bit about what we teach their kids, which is kind of funny because legacy feels like we should be talking about our kids, right? Not about ourselves, but it all starts with us. And so first step, Get a hold of your money stories. Find your abundant wealthy money mindset. Make sure you're cultivating the feelings about money that you want and that you have your values and then work your money around what you want. Take some risks when you've built your foundation. The whole point of having a financial foundation is to have security, to be able to go and take some of those risks and do those things so you can find yourself and find your people. And so do that. There's a Swiss psychologist called Jung who said, The greatest burden a child must bear is the unlived lives of its parents. And that is, unfortunately, a lot of us feel that when we look back at our own childhoods, right? And so how can we not leave that for our kids? How can we teach them that they deserve to go after their goals and to be their full best selves, regardless of what anyone else says by doing it ourselves? And then the last part of legacy that really is about your kids, and this is this is exactly the, the tools we give them, what we teach them, the practice we give them is, have you given your kids the opportunity to practice with money and teach them at least the basics of managing it? This could be allowance. This could be chores they get paid for. This could be helping them start their first entrepreneurial venture at eight years old. This is whatever you need. But what we want is not only for them to have the basic skills. I want them to know how to budget. I want them to not be getting themselves into high interest debt, right? We want them to be savvy. But we talked about this on the episode with Mandy Woodruff. Do they have what they need to be independent, scrappy, and creative? When everything goes against them, can they lean on their grit, pick themselves back up, and dust themselves off and move forward. Can they do that? Because that is what builds generational wealth. We're going to talk about generational wealth in a second. But if they aren't motivated to make themselves proud and to make a better life for their kids and to focus on who you guys are as a family and find their own values and live by them, then no matter how much money you leave them, they will squander it. We are going to talk about that a little bit more in Pillar 3. So first deal with your own stuff and then pass those same lessons onto your kids and don't, you know, we hear this sometimes of people not wanting to talk about money with their kids because it's too stressful. It's too adult. They only get to be kids once. And that's putting our own negative mindsets onto our kids, right? That's how we think about money. Kids are curious about money. That's why they ask for things. That's why they want allowance. They want to experience what money is and how it works. And so if we can flip that on its head a little bit and say, money isn't a stressful adult thing, let's use it as a problem solving tool. Let's look at that $120 Lego set my kid wants and say to them, instead of saying, no, we can't afford it, which no, we don't need to say no. And two, we can't afford it. Not great language. How can we say, yeah, buddy, that's great. We have other things we're prioritizing in our budget right now. What could you do to earn the money for those Legos? And let them start to think, get their creative brain going and then when they get that thing, they've saved enough, buying it is so much more sweet. And they've learned in a world where kids don't have very much autonomy, they have found a place where they set a goal and they achieved it. And that is a huge confidence builder, an amazing way to build that long-term wealth and financial health. So we're organized. All our stuff is set up. The assets that we have are being passed to our kids. Our families are taking care of whether we are there or not. Now we've got this mindset. We've built an amazing money mindset as a family. We have family money values. We talk about money in a positive way. We've given our kids opportunities to learn and we talk to our kids when we make mistakes, when we say something that we know we didn't mean or when we feel our old negative mindsets kind of creeping up, we're open with them of, hey, mama made a mistake and here's what I meant instead. We have these open conversations about who we wanna be as a family with money. And so that third and last pillar is our monetary legacy. Have you built generational wealth? And I said at the top of the episode that this is what most people think of when they think of a financial legacy, an inheritance, money or assets that get passed down. How much money is there? And having physical monetary wealth that you can pass down is incredibly valuable if you can get there helping pay for your grandkids' educations, leaving real estate assets that provide passive income for future generations, money that can become business startup funding for your kiddos. All of these things are huge, huge blessings and privileges that not everybody gets. But remember that if we don't have steps one and steps two figured out, all the hard work you did to build a monastery legacy can be completely and utterly for naught. A study by U.S. Trust found that about 70% of wealthy families lose their wealth by the second generation, and 90% do so by the following generation. Their kids don't value hard work. They don't know how to manage that money. They haven't talked about money in a way that when those assets get passed down, they have any idea what to do with them, or they aren't motivated to continue to build on that legacy. Have you built this thing of leave it better than you found it? Leave our family's name better than we found it for your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids. Have you built that? And remember that if you figure out steps one and steps two of this legacy, if you're organized and you know where your money is and you're prepared for any eventuality, right? You have your life insurance, you have other types of proper insurance that wouldn't really be in your financial legacy, but more in your just day to day, you have the coverage that you need and your mindset is straight, your goals are straight, you're going after what's important to you, that monetary legacy will come. Having that mindset, that motivation, that goal setting, that will lead you to grow the gap between how much you earn and how much you spend, and you'll be able to learn how to better invest and buy those real estate assets if you wanna buy real estate assets or start a business you've been dreaming about that can make more money than your current nine to five. You have all of these possibilities once that second pillar of a wealthy mindset is set. But if you don't have that, if you're just focused on, I want to leave $100,000 to my kids when I die, how do we get there? We don't have a path. And so that's a healthy, wealthy financial legacy. One that's organized, includes money mindset and skills, and may or may not pass on actual monetary wealth. If not you'll know you're leaving your kids and grandkids the ability to go get that monetary wealth for themselves. So as you think about your financial legacy that you wanna leave behind, I wanna give you two pieces of homework. First, please, please get organized. Make sure you have the life insurance you need and that your estate plan and family emergency binder is up to date. Like I said earlier, if you do not have life insurance, go check out Haven Life, smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Haven, To get your quote today, I hope upon hope that you don't need any of this stuff for decades to come, but if you do, your loved ones and your legacy will be better for you having thought ahead. Second, if you want to leave a lasting legacy, overcome generational curses and negative stories, it starts with you. Honor yourself and what you want in life. Get clear on your goals and who you want to be, the lessons you want to teach your kids. Then work on making your own mindset, your own actions, and your own values aligned with that person. Surround yourself with people like those in the Motivated Mama Society who have positive money thoughts and big goals, who admit when things go wrong, who pick themselves up from mistakes and move forward. Focusing on yourself as you think about legacy might seem selfish. How can you be thinking about legacy when you're not actually focused on thinking about next generations? But those little ones, are watching what we do, how we speak to ourselves, and they are learning more from that than they would from any book or course you could give them. Every step you take to honor yourself and your own power, the healthier, wealthier mindset you're building you've got this mama. As a reminder, you can grab your free copy of the financial emergency preparedness checklist and view the full show notes of this episode outlining all three pillars of a healthy, wealthy financial legacy at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 82. I'm so grateful that you joined me today for a little bit of money talk. If you learned anything new, hit subscribe in your podcast app and tell your best mom friend. Keep talking money mama. I'll see you next time.